This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. We're going to begin a new series this morning that uh, we're going to entitle. It's not something that we haven't taught before. We've taught it many times before, as a matter of fact. But it's a series that we've entitled, Steps to Answered Prayer. Now, this is a series that... um, uh, I always like to teach, I always enjoy teaching because it was something that changed my life. It's a a topic that I I really have on my heart to teach and and, uh, kind of set out some years ago to teach once a year. I have yet to make that schedule. But it is something that I recognize needs to be taught over and over and over again. Uh, I think I've taught this uh, in the 25 plus year history of our church. I've probably taught this about 16 or 17 times maybe. and um, uh, But this is something that, uh, I, and, and please understand that I'm taking it directly from Brother Hagin's notes. I, uh, I don't claim to have anything original. Honestly, I don't think anything is original. It all comes from God. So wherever somebody else gets it, it originally comes from God. But this is something I heard Brother, Brother Hagin teach. And it wasn't until about the sixth or the seventh time that I heard him teach in a seminar that it dawned on me what he was really saying. It dawned on me what the Word of God was really trying to get across. Now, I heard it either six times or seven times. I'm not sure. I've tried to get an accurate count, and and, uh, and I'm not sure I've got all the records. But anyway, I had heard this thing taught five or six times before, before it really dawned on me, wait a minute, this is what the Bible is telling me. And for that reason, I'm not shy about teaching it again and again and again. It's something that we need to hear. I don't care how many times you've heard it. There's always something new for the, for the Holy Ghost to speak to you about. The Bible says the Word is, is full of life and power. The Word of God is alive. So even if you've heard this a thousand times, there's still something from the Word of God that will minister life to you if you open your heart to it. So we want to teach, beginning this morning, we want to teach on steps to answered prayer. We'll start in James chapter 5 and verse 16, the last part of the verse. I believe the translators would have done us a favor if they had made the last part of verse 16 its own verse because it speaks first of a specific event. The first part of the verse is uh, is something specific. The second part of the verse is a principle. I want to talk to you about the principle and use that as a beginning point for this morning. James chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now the word effectual means effective. The word fervent means from the heart. So what is it telling us? It's telling us that when we pray effectively from the heart, our prayers get answered. Now, don't let the righteous man throw you. The devil a lot of times tries to throw condemnation at people and say, well, yeah, that, that doesn't apply to you. No, the righteous man he's talking about is you and me who are subject to the same earthly temptations, the same desires of the flesh, the same wrong things that Elijah was, and he got his prayers answered when he prayed that it wouldn't rain for three uh, three and a half years. So he's telling us, he's using Elijah as an example of a guy that really missed it. Just like you miss it, just like I miss it. He's telling us that that's the example because Jesus has made us righteous. He's saying, here's how you, as a righteous individual, someone who's made Jesus the Lord of their lives, here's how you get your prayers answered. And it comes down to two things. There are two criteria that James is inspired by the Holy Ghost to tell you. Number one, it's got to be from your heart. 
This prayer has got to be from your heart. It can't be something that you just casually think about. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. It's got to be something that's from your heart. We'll talk more about that as we, as we get into the different steps. The second criteria is it has to be effectively prayed. Now, if effectual prayer avails much or gets answers, in other words, the, the uh, Amplified Bible says, uh, Amplified Translation says of this, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Well, it's talking about answered prayer. But if you can pray effectively, that means you can pray ineffectively. That means that the key is to pray effectively if you're going to get answers for your prayers. And that's the place where I believe most of the church is stuck. I believe most of the church world is stuck because they don't understand the rules or the effective way to pray. Now, folks, let me, let me make a statement here just right off the bat. When we're talking about this series, Steps to Answer Prayer, we're going to be talking about one kind of prayer. The prayer that gets answers from God. You getting answers from God for yourself. Now, the Bible says that there are nine different types of prayer. The Bible indicates to us that there are nine kinds, different kinds of prayer. We understand that to be true because uh, Paul said in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, I believe it is, he said, praying with all prayer. Another translation says all kinds of prayer. Paul is telling us by the Holy Ghost, he's telling us that there are different kinds of prayer. So much of the church doesn't understand that. They think all prayer is the same. It's just, you know, no matter what it's for, no matter how, what, uh, what area you have need in, it's all the kind of the same thing. Just shake it up together in the same sack and throw it out and it's all the same. Folks, that's like saying all sports are played by the same rules. They're not. Sports are sports. They're all athletic endeavors. They all have things in common. They all fall into the general category of sports, but each sport has a different set of rules. And if you tried to play baseball by football rules, you'd be hopelessly confused. That's exactly what the church world is doing, in my opinion. They're trying to pray prayers for themselves to get answers from God using rules from other types of prayers that they see examples of in the Bible. And they don't know that there's a difference. So we're going to be talking about one kind of prayer. I'll give you an example. There's a prayer called the prayer of consecration and dedication to God. You see Jesus praying that in the Garden of Gethsemane. How does he pray that? He said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Right? That phrase, if it be thy will, is a part of the prayer of consecration and dedication to God. You use that in this kind of prayer, the prayer of faith, the prayer where you receive things from God, and it will destroy your prayer. Because the steps to answered prayer include knowing what is God's will. You can't pray if it be your will in the prayer that requires that you know what His will is. And that's what so much of the church world is doing. They're praying. For example, they're praying for healing. The Bible says very specifically, very succinctly, very concisely, it says Jesus took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses, and with His stripes you were healed. The Bible says without question, Jesus did something about your healing on the cross. Now people argue that. People try to spiritualize that. They'll they'll discount that. But the Bible says that Jesus did something about your, your sicknesses on the cross. He provided healing on the cross just as much as He provided forgiveness of sins. That's what the Bible says. Yet if you pray, Lord, heal me if it be your will, you're guaranteeing that you're not going to get an answer to prayer. Which is why you get so many churches that never see any healings take place in their in their midst. Because they're praying, Lord, heal so-and-so. I grew up in a church like this. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church. And every Wednesday night, they'd have prayer meetings. I don't know why they call them prayer meetings. It was really blackboard meetings. 
Because we had this big blackboard with everybody listed on their, their needs. You had to go to one of the deacons that was in charge of the thing that night and everybody's needs would be written up there. And you'd see, you know, people's names and something sickness out to the side or something like that. And every week they would pray, Lord, heal sister so and so if it be your will. Now if you carry that to the logical conclusion, then what they're leaving unsaid, they're really saying it, but they're not, they're not just coming out and, and, and declaring it. They're saying, Lord, heal sister so-and-so if, you're, if it's your will. But if it's not your will, just let her go ahead and be sick and die. Now, nobody would ever come out and say that, but that's exactly what they're communicating. You can't pray a prayer expecting get an, to get an answer if you pray the, use the phrase, if it be your will. The rule for the prayer of consecration which is, Lord, I submit myself to you no matter what your will is. If it's your will, Lord, if it's your will for me to stay here, I'll do it. If it's your will for me to go to a foreign land and, and be a missionary, I'll do that. Whatever you, your will is, Father, you show me what your will is and I'll do it. That's the prayer of consecration and dedication. That's what Jesus is doing in the Garden of Gethsemane. That will destroy you receiving from God something for yourself. That phrase, if it be your will. So therefore, we understand that to pray effectively means you've got to know the rules that govern the prayer to receive. And most Christians don't. Just We might as well just be honest with you. Most Christians don't. And that's why most Christians fail to have confidence in prayer. Most Christians, according to surveys, don't have confidence that, they, that their prayers will be heard and answered by God. And folks, I want to make a statement. I won't prove it. I'll back it up. Your prayers getting answers have more to do with you than it does have to do with God. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. Come, be a part of our family, as Pastor Mike Webb will bring a message about the hope that Jesus can bring. Our vision is people growing in God and serving in His kingdom with a mission of showing God's love and a message of victory in Jesus Christ. Come join us this Easter as we serve God together. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. We'll have two services on Easter Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. So the effective, fervent prayer, the effective, heartfelt, from-the-heart prayer of a righteous man, in other words, a child of God, will always get answers. Always get answers. Let's look at what this prayer is like. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus is, uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th chapters of John is Jesus telling His disciples what things are going to be like after He goes to the cross and is gone. In other words, He tells them what it's going to be like during our day, the day of the new covenant. And one of the things that he, he tells them, several important things, he tells them what the work of the Holy Ghost will be. He tells them uh, how they can use His name to do the same works that he did and so forth. John chapter 15, Jesus starts telling them about answered prayer. He also says some things in John chapter 16, verse 23. He said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. John chapter 15 and verse 7 gives us one of the first keys 
are literally the first steps to understanding how to get answers to your prayers. John 15, verse 7. He said, if you abide in me. Notice he starts off with conditions. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. Then, in other words, follow the conditions. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, if you want to keep reading the next verse, he said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. I want you to understand, God is glorified when your prayers get answers. Can you see that? Jesus, in context of you getting answers to your prayers, says, Herein, in this manner. Well, what manner? In you getting answers to your prayers, in this manner, your Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. The fruit that he's talking about is prayer fruit. In other words, answers to prayer. God gets glory when your prayers get answered. Please understand that. Because so many people have the idea that, that, that prayer is some exercise where you're trying to talk God out of something or talk Him into something that He really doesn't want to do for you anyway. And nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said, under these conditions, if you abide in Me, that means relationship, And if my words abide in you, that means relationship too. Relationship to God and relationship to His Word are on an equal par, level playing field. He said if your relationship with God and your relationship with the Word are appropriate or right or in in, in right manner, He said, then you shall ask what you will and and your Heavenly Father will give it to you. It'll be done for you. And that's what glorifies God. And that's what glorifies God. So let's talk about that. Step number one is decide what you want from God. Steps to answered prayer. Step number one, decide what you want from God. Now there are some subsets under there. Because that, if we just stopped with that one and said, well, I mean, my goodness, that's easy. I want this and 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 this. Now here's the, here's the other part. Decide what you want from God and Find the scriptures that promise it to you. Because notice that answered prayer is based on a relationship with God and a relationship with His Word. Now, you got a lot of Christians have a relationship with God. A lot of Christians, or a lot of church people, a lot of anybody that's in the family of God has a relationship with God. And if that's as far as it went, then just being in the family of God, just making Jesus the Lord of your life would ensure that your prayer was answered every time. But you know as well as I do from your prayer failures, just like I know from my prayer failures, that that's not the way it works. Christians all over the world fail to get answers to prayer. And again, that's why they have no confidence in prayer. They think, well, I prayed last time and that didn't work. How do I have any confidence that it will work this time? So all the surveys show that everybody, every Christian believes in prayer. They just don't believe that they're going to be answered. In other words, the church, by and large, through surveys, are, are, are identifying that they believe that they should pray. They just don't really see the point. Folks, there is a point. You should never have a prayer. Listen to me carefully. You should never have, it, 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 forget about your past, but from this point forward, there should never be a prayer that you pray for something for yourself that should ever go unanswered from this moment forward. Oh, Pastor Mike, that's just impossible. No, it's not. It's not at all. Folks, I've been 20 years without having a prayer fail to be answered when I pray for something for myself. Not all my prayers are answered when I'm praying for other people because I can control them. 
I'd like to. (laughs) And if I'm praying for you or for somebody else, what you or what they think about it and how they operate has everything to do with it. It's not just me. But me praying for myself, I have not failed to get an answer to prayer in 20 years. Once I learned what these keys and these principles were and really started applying them, even after I learned them, you know, it's easy to, to, it's one thing to know it here and it's another thing to live it. You know, the, the church world by and large will celebrate churches who work to cause people to become Christians. That's getting people saved and, oh boy, everybody wants to put out their numbers. We got so many saved last year and all this kind of stuff. But you don't find anybody that celebrates the work that is necessary for someone who has become a Christian to really be a Christian. It's the difference in getting somebody saved and making them a disciple. Jesus really didn't say go into the world and get people saved. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all men. Folks, what I'm talking about is making something a reality in your life. I'm not talking about just coming to the edge and say, oh, well, yeah, okay. I know Jesus said that we should get all of our prayers answered, but, you know. No, I'm talking about living it out. You think Jesus ever went with any of his prayers unanswered? He said you could live the same life he lived. He said he was giving his life so that you could live the same life he lived. So you should never have another prayer unanswered from this point forward when you pray for something for yourself. Now again, that doesn't apply to praying for other people. If that were the case, then we could all just pray that the world would get saved and they'd get saved tomorrow and Jesus would come back and we'd be done. But their decisions affect that. You can pray for the rest of your life for somebody to be saved and they can still choose not to be. They can still choose to reject Jesus. So your prayers don't affect everything, but they do affect everything when it comes to you. Nobody else has any bearing on that whatsoever. My prayers govern me, not yours. I have people sometimes, bless their hearts, they come and say, Oh, Pastor Mike, yeah, I just think there's an evil spirit where somebody is praying against me. So? You're telling me that the devil working through somebody else is stronger than God that works in you? Not so. Sometimes people come to church and they say, oh, well, we're just going to bind the devil in this place. Folks, you don't have to worry about binding the devil in this place. Now, if the devil happened to come to church with you, that's I understand that, but that's <laughs> as far as he goes. The Bible says where the spirit of life is, there's liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You don't have to worry about being bound by anything. God's greater than anything the devil ever tried to do. If people would get a hold of that, they'd quit having devil trouble in their life. So step number one, decide what you want from God and find the scriptures that promise you those things. Find, you the, find the scriptures that promise you those things. You know, so many, so many times people are indefinite about the things that they want. Uh, my wife drew my attention to somebody uh, uh, that she saw on Facebook. I, I've got a Facebook account and I go on there maybe once every two weeks. If you're trying to communicate with me on Facebook, you are wasting your time. But anyway, she showed me something, and there's a, there's a person that, uh, that she saw on there, and, and they quoted Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 on there. And they're always putting scriptures up there, and this one, uh, they put Philippians 4, 6. If you're not familiar with the scripture, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Great scripture. And then at the bottom of it, she wrote, Lord, let everybody have a fun summer. 
I thought, okay, let's see. Let's judge that prayer by the, the steps to answer prayer. What does that really mean? Okay, I know where the person is coming from. Their doctrine is probably that God's picking and choosing whether he does good or bad to people, which is unscriptural. But it could only mean one of two things in their thinking. Okay, God, if you were planning to do bad things to people during the summer, wait till the fall. (laughs) Or the only other option is, Lord, if you're not the one doing bad stuff to people, but you protect them from bad stuff, then make sure they're protected throughout, throughout the summer. Well, does that even make sense? But that's the Christian church at prayer. Lord, let everybody have a good a good summer. I, I, my kids went to school, um, went to a Christian school uh, years and years ago, and and I, I got to tell you, I had to quit going to their activities because they would open up every one of their activities It'd be a class party or something like that. Lord, let us have a good party. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. You think God's in heaven pulling strings over whether you have a good party? Seriously? Come on. Well, what would that mean? Lord, let everybody have a fun summer. What is fun to one person is not going to be fun to another person. What does that mean? Well, folks, the simple answer is it means nothing. It means somebody's trying to show themselves as, as, as Christian or spiritual or religious or whatever and fail to those who know the word. To those that don't know the word, it will look, oh, isn't that sweet? And it means absolutely nothing. And that's exactly what the Christian church does when they pray. They pray this stuff that has no basis, no foundation, and winds up having no meaning whatsoever. So what do you do? You decide what you want from God. Decide what you want from God. Now notice again, John chapter 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, folks, I don't mean to be sacrilegious about this, and I know this is the way it comes across to some people, but there's not one word in John chapter 15 and verse 7 about the will of God. Not one. And that's the prayer that verse 8 says, God is glorified when you get answers to. Not one word about the will of God in John chapter 15 and John chapter, John chapter 15 verse 7 and John chapter 15 verse 8 that says God is glorified by that kind of prayer. That's where some people freak out. They say, oh, oh, to the very idea that you'd pray something contrary to the will of God. Folks, you're missing the point. Anybody that thinks that is missing the point. The point is very simply this. If His Word is abiding in you, you already know what His will is. That's the person that God says. So the person that is in a relationship with Him by being a child, being in the family of God, a child of God, and the person that has a relationship with the Word of God, which is the revelation of His will, He says, that person, you decide what you want. Some people, bless their hearts, they have this idea that God's on this little narrow track and He'll never let you get off of it. You step off one inch to one side or the other and He's right there to slap you down. Folks, that's not the way it works. It says that you can ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Now, people are going to have different wills in the body of Christ inside or within the will of God. For example, if you're without a job, it would be your will in prayer for God to help you to get a job. Well, I've got a job. So it's not going to be my will to find a job. My will... uh, 
what am I trying to say? Demonstrated in my prayer is going to be something related to being more effective or the most effective that I can be in my job. So your will is going to be different from mine, yet it's in the same area. Both of them inside the will of God. Your will, if you're battling sickness, your will is going to be to be healed. Well, I'm walking in health. So I don't need to exercise my will in prayer to be healed. I'm going to exercise my will in prayer for my youth to be renewed like the eagles. Both of them have to do with physical well-being, but your will is going to be different from my will because we're in different situations. Both fall in the will of God, uh, fall in the avenue of the will of God. You see the point? He's saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, folks, we could go through all kinds of crazy examples and stuff like that. Brother Hayden used to give the example of the guy that came to him in, in um, a seminar that he was doing in a man's church pastor's church, and, and uh, this guy came up to him, and he said, you know, Pastor, uh, Brother Hagen, after hearing you talk about prayer, he said, I realize God will answer any prayer I pray. Well, Brother Hagen said, well, yeah, within reason, yeah. He said, well, good. He said, see that woman over there? He said, I want to pray that she'd be my wife. Well, the pastor's standing right there and said, you're already married, and so is she. He says, yeah, I know, but God will answer my prayer. Well, that's kind of stupid. You can't find a scripture that says God will give you another man's wife. So we could use all kinds of crazy examples and stuff like that to show that this is not a, a, a wide open field, anything goes type thing. But if you meet the qualifications, and here's where effective prayer comes in. If you abide in Him and His Word abides in you. You know a mistake I think a lot of people make in prayer? They pray too quickly. A thought comes to their mind and immediately they start praying about it. Don't do that, folks. Now, there are some things that are going to be emergencies, but most things aren't. 99% of the things that you come up on are not going to be emergency situations. Don't pray too quickly. Don't pray too quickly. Notice that Jesus is talking about preparation having been made ahead of time. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you, that's before you ever pray. Then you shall ask what you will. That's when prayer works, is when you've made the Word a part of you on the inside. So step number one is decide what you want from God. The second part of that is find scriptures that promise you the things that you desire. Now, the third part of that is what we just made mention of, and that is meditate on those scriptures. Get those scriptures down on the inside of you. In other words, let the scripture, let the Word of God or the promise concerning your prayer abide in you. Meditate on those scriptures, make them a part of your heart, and be ready to use them when the devil comes against you to make you doubt. Because he will. Be ready to use them. Be equipped up front. One of the most important elements of prayer is to pray the Word of God. The Bible says that we're to put God in remembrance. That means the more we pray the Word, the greater foundation we have to get our prayers answered. Come join us at Foothill Family Church as we grow together. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. Join us Easter Sunday at Foothill Family Church. Come, be a part of our family, as Pastor Mike Webb will bring a message about the hope that Jesus can bring. Our vision is people, 
growing in God and serving in His kingdom with a mission of showing God's love and a message of victory in Jesus Christ. Come join us this Easter as we serve God together. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. We'll have two services on Easter Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.